My name is Jacob, and I am a Norse pagan, and you're listening to the fifth episode of the Folk Podcast. Today, our guest is Blade, but we've been calling him Babushka because he's everyone's favorite Russian grandmother. He was at our midsummer gathering, had a life-changing experience there, and has been really close with the community. Um, but today, we are talking about trance and meditation work. Um, and he has uh, uh, some experience in that and some expertise in that. So we brought him in to talk about it. Um, that'll be our main talking point. But Babushka, let's go ahead and have you introduce yourself. Welcome to the show. I love it. It's what I love. It's what I get. I love my grandkids. I live for you. Uh, so tell us a little about you, a bit about yourself. You know, everyone's heard our journey so far, all the co-hosts. So um, give us a, a summary of your journey into the old ways so far. Well, you know, my mine started in mostly in high school. When I was a senior, I had a class, then I had to basically, it was kind of like a study hall, I guess. So I just taught myself another culture and I just came upon the Elder Futhark. And I just, I started learning, I started reading, and that's when I ended up getting my tattoos. And then one day I was just sifting through YouTube and I found the wisdom of Odin. And I've been, I almost, I think I joined Patreon and like the, uh, the Discord like right away as soon as I found out. And have been part of the community for feels like forever. It's like our own little family here. Our own little family where you're the old Russian grandmother. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll just go ahead and uh, start talking. You know, so what is your? I didn't actually know you had you, you practice this at all as far as the meditation and trans work. So kind of give us into like a, a an idea or a, just kind of give us a summary of what that is for your uh, for you. I know for me, it it started whenever I I used to have really bad anger issues. And a lot of people don't understand that when they meet me because I'm like probably one of the nicest people you'll meet. And I didn't know how to, I didn't want to go to the doctor about it. So I didn't know how to go about fixing it. And I started meditating. And one of the first times I meditated, I put myself into an intensely deep trance. And I got to physically watch as my anger flew away basically in that moment. And it was one of the most beautiful things that I've had. And I've been toying and discovering with it uh, like for almost a year or no two or three years now and I was really caught in trance work when I saw Casey doing it at midsummer and she was putting Caleb in a trance and I was I had, I had questions yeah definitely you know this is definitely a subject when we were discussing subjects for this week um, trance meditation came up and you came up and it's definitely something I don't think any of us would call ourselves an expert in um, you know, it's definitely a year, lifelong practice. Um, you know, we're all, you know, fairly young in this. We're all below 30, right? I don't think any of us are thir over 30. So it's definitely something that we're, you know, we're learning. You know, it's something that I'm dabbling in. Um, but before we start diving deep into that, um, other co-hosts, do you guys have any questions for Blade or Babushka while we have him on the show? <clears throat> the uh, main question I have for you is, uh, you said you kind of already answered it with the anger issues like what else kind of like brought you to meditation and trans work i feel like i've definitely been attracted to like the more mystic side of it the the part of it that's mostly discovery within discovering your own self you know pushing your ego aside everybody has an ego if you'd like to admit it or not you might have a, not have a bad ego you might have a good ego but ego will always play a factor in the way your consciousness lets you kind of roam free and to be able to push that away is an art that I just want to learn. Because I think I have, I don't have a bad ego, at least I hope not. And to push that aside and to be able to work on yourself is just, I think, an incredibly beautiful thing. That's something I've always been interested in. 
So a question that I have is I've just recently um, started getting into a little bit more intense trance meditation work. What, how do you usually start? Like what kind of, like what tactics do you use to get into it? Cause like for me, I definitely do like a, uh, you know, dark room, just like maybe one candle or a few candles lit incense, and then music to help me kind of like drown out everything and focus. And I know like, it's kind of one of those things where everybody has their own way about kind of doing it. So I was just curious, kind of like, cause I'm very inexperienced with it. Like I've maybe really just been starting trance and meditation work probably over the last couple of months now, I would say like heavily into it. Uh, different kinds of, you can go into different kinds of trances and whatever kind of trance I want to go in depends on, you know, the, I, the technique you want to use to get into it, if that makes sense. And cause you have, you know, to me, there's four different stages of trance and you have your light trance, you have a medium trance, you have a deep trance, and then you have a very deep trance, which is almost basically unconsciousness. And I've only done that once. And that's almost nearly impossible to do. I feel like, unless you're obviously a master and you know, you know exactly what you're doing, but when, like for like some simple stuff. And uh, I think, eye fixation is a really good example like if you're sitting like like you said you sit in a dark room and you have maybe a few candles uh, candles are always good and so is music because music lets your mind kind of flood itself with whatever you're listening to if you listen to something at 432 hertz tones that will basically make your mind shut off and it'll, it lets you have like a clear mind and if you like kind of like look up and you stare at one thing, but focus your on your peripheral vision and what you see around you. And then you'll get into how you feel, how you breathe, and then you'll start to slowly slip into a trance. And then you're able to ask the questions that you need to ask and work on what you need to work on. I do want to uh, bring up something real quick. So with trance and meditation and, and its relation to Norse paganism, because, you know, to us, this is a conversation we've had. So to bring it in for the viewers that may be new to this faith or maybe don't understand where this connection lies, uh, meditation is definitely more of an Eastern philosophy. It's traveled from the East. And I do feel like that's something that's merged with modern paganism. Um, but that doesn't mean that some form of meditation didn't exist historically. Um, it just maybe didn't have a name. Uh, I know there's uh, several things, you know, I've heard Wutasita, I believe is a term I've heard um, as far as like the Northern tradition. Um, and then as far as trance work, uh, shamanism basically has existed since the dawn of time. Every culture basically has some form of shamanism because that was the way people healed each other back in the day. It was the way, like really the healer. Um, and even like Heilung, Heilung is a very modern interpretation of shamanism, but they call to the old ways. And Heilung's name literally means healing. Um, and I was actually in preparation for this video, looking up the story of Kai uh, Uberfaust or Uberfaust, who was the, the lead singer of uh, Heilung along with uh, Maria. And, um, he was talking about his journey and he started with, uh, it wasn't paganism necessarily. He just didn't believe in the church. And then he actually found shamanism and shamanistic healing. And then he transitioned into paganism. Um, so while it's not necessarily something that, you know, everyone needs to do, it's something that ha is actually been a part of our culture for a very long time. And it's global. And that's why Heilung starts every single show with we all descended from one great being, you know, before there was names for, you know, birds, trees, sticks, and things, you know, kind of thing like that. And so I think shamanism has such a call to or, or trance and shamanism have such a call to the old ways. Um, 
but yeah, meditation, I would say, is definitely more of a, an Eastern philosophy that's been transferred into modern, um, you know, paganism teachings. Uh, that's the way I understand it. Does anyone else have any other way of understanding those two things before we dive deeper into the subject? All right, cool. I just want to I just wanted to make sure I, I hit that right, because it's definitely, you know, going into this, I want to not make sure I'm not sharing misinformation. But at the same time, this is how, you know, I've understood it, how I've looked into it. Highline has definitely been my main source of information. Um, and then, of course, getting it from Kai and his story. Um, and of course, Native American philosophy is really big into trance work and meditation work. Um, so one thing I do want to bring up, and maybe this is for you as well, Babushka, uh, but one thing Casey always gets onto me about my trance work is making sure you have some kind of ground, something that grounds you back in case you drift too far. Um, because if you're thinking about going down this path of trance work, meditation less so. Meditation is fairly safe. You're not going to find anything that's going to get you stuck, but you can get stuck in a trance and sometimes it's not a good thing. So having something that grounds you back to reality is so important. So is this something you've experienced or something you practice with Babushka? In order to stay grounded, one of the methods I use is called energy manipulation. And it's like whenever you're sitting down and if you focus on a specific body part, it feels almost like a TV static within your body. And I learned through meditation how to maneuver it. And then I worked it into trans work. And that's how I kind of keep my mind into a more focused state. And in case I ended up opening a door that I shouldn't open or do something that I could regret, I will instantly focus back on the energy and I'll release it. Letting me, my body basically come back to a state of relaxation to where I can kind of think again. Yeah. So I know like, cause I've, like I said, I've been recently getting into it and, um, talking to a few people that have done it already i know they said also the like having something to kind of put yourself back together after you're done kind of like a almost like a, a hangover like a trance hangover kind of a situation um do you do anything with that because like that's definitely something that i my first big experience with any sort of trance work that hit me super hard and i kind of just laid on my floor for like a solid hour before i could kind of collect myself and get back into like a almost like a more functional state of mind in a sense. I think I kind of do the same thing, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's kind of uncharted territory to the part where it's a lot of, you know, we don't really understand what we're delving into. You know, a lot of it could be just you're experiencing energy from what I like to call the ethereal plane. And you get overwhelmed with that energy to where your, your mind kind of shuts off and you can't focus or you don't realize what you just experienced. And so you sitting down and laying down for an hour on the floor before you were able to like collect yourself is, it sounds about normal to me as anything. Um, so my, my trouble with, um, with trying to do meditation and uh, trance work a lot of times is just trying to actually find the time to be able to do it because it's uh, like I get off work, I've got 45 minutes and then I've got to get my daughter and I've got her the rest of the evening. And then on the weekends I've watched her the entire time. So it's, Every now and then I'm able to get out into the woods and I can actually like, do what I, what I want to do and I can meditate and stuff like that. But do you, uh, how do you try to manage that or do you have that issue with not being able to find the time to really do what you feel like you need to with it? I mean, luckily for me, I don't have like anything that relies on me. That's why I respect you so much, Caleb. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of the instance where I think before you go to bed is one of the best times to meditate. Cause that is what, that's like the time for your brain to get release that energy that you need to release. And so you're going to bed with a clear mind. 
and you'll be able to wake up without having, because you shouldn't go to bed with wor- with the worries, upset about anything. You shouldn't be angry about anything when you go to bed because it's going to affect the way you sleep. It's going to affect your mood the next day, and it's going to affect the energy within your body. And yeah, I think just before bed is one of the best times to do that. So uh, Baker, I do, uh, we know Babushka already hinted at it. What was your experience at midsummer with Casey putting you into a trance? Like, how was that? Uh, that was the, uh, that was the deepest I've been into anything. And that was really like my, I've had one other like good trance experience here at the house that I put myself into. Um, but it was, it was different and it was odd. And I loved every damn, or every second of it. <laughs> I remember after, after the ceremony and everything like that, I, did, I still had everything going on and it was, it just kept going until I, I finally sat down and it just all just ended at once. It's kind of like I just somebody hit the power button on the back of me and I turned off. It was weird. So I've got a, I got a question about that. Um, so how different is it being, put into a trance by somebody else compared to putting yourself into the trance. Cause like I've, I've gone through, like I've done hypnotist stuff way back when I, when I was in high school, we had a hypnotist come to our school and I volunteered for it. You know, like, so I've been put in a state, state of hypnosis in a way. And I don't know if that's like, for me, it felt far different than like trance work that I have done. So I don't know, like it, there's like a substantial difference between being put into a trance by somebody or putting yourself into a, a trance. Um, I've, I've got more experience of being put into it than, do, than doing it myself. Um, just cause I've had it, uh, well, she, Casey put me into it, uh, well, did the initial and then they, and got me to go in deeper, um, later on, like right before the ceremony and stuff. Um, I believe it was that, that Sunday night. Yeah. Sometime that evening. I believe it was like right before the, uh, the whole deck thing happened or yeah, maybe it was right before we, we got Thor to come in with all the, all the beer and everything out front of the house. Um, but she, it's just, uh, I don't know. It, it's easier for me to be up to, to I, I can get guided into them a lot easier. I feel like than I can put myself into, I guess I've, I'm not, I'm still not mastered being able to quiet my mind and everything uh, very well. I really need to work on that. And I really need to work on meditation a lot more too. It's just trying to find the time to do it. So, multi-stage uh, multi-stage things so i'm going to share my story so i don't feel like i've talked about this with really anyone is my my practice into shamanism and why i went into that trance work um i did it mostly for midsummer um because midsummer i wanted to really amp up how i connect to the gods because after coming back from ostara um i didn't really do any trance work like i went out for maybe five minutes really try to get myself in the mindset of summoning the gods welcoming them to the house saying hey this is the time your folk are here um, and then leading the ritual was definitely, it was still spiritual, but at the same time, I didn't, I didn't feel like I, I was, I was still me. Um, and then I wanted to make sure I dove deeper for midsummer. So my big trance moment, uh, I think it was like a two or three hour window where I think it was like a week or two before going to the gathering. I just got my drum. And for anyone that doesn't know, this is actually a written down th- thing. The three D's of trance work are drums, drugs, and dancing. And, <laughs> and, you know, I don't do the drug part. I don't do it. I swear. Uh, but the, <laughs> uh, stop looking at me, Caleb. <laughs> it wasn't for the trance. I swear. <laughs> um, so with the drum, I got my, my Remo drum in and I basically just walked around the house with the drum and I had, it, I used the whole process of moving my altar space as the, the trance work. 
So I had to alter my bedroom and I moved it from my bedroom to my living room. And I essentially had this procession from the bedroom to the living room with each object I carried one time all the way through, remembered it, felt it, looked through my entire experience as a believer in the old gods um, and reflected on it. I mean, there was like 13 items. So it was 13 things that all happened to me on my, my, my process. Um, and the whole time, drum going, dancing. Like at one point, I don't even know how it happened. I started making runes with my body. And this is the weird thing with trance and especially into the shamanism I'm diving into is the things you don't expect to happen. Like I was literally making like Othala as a sign and I moved to like, you know, like algaes and stuff like that. Um, and I kept on doing that as rhythm. I think it was Othala, Fehu and algaes. Um, and I was just moving through those as a rhythm for like an hour and a half. And that rhythm of moving through those runes, moving through the drums, transitioning to my objects. I mean, I wasn't even here anymore. Like I was gone. <laughs> and there was one point that like, I got to the last object to move to the ritual. And it was kind of like this battle within myself, but also with the gods where it was just like, I couldn't get that object there until I accepted something about myself. Um, and this was when I was still working. You know, I don't think I had fully embraced this as my lifestyle. And that's what I had to do. Like, are you really ready to be this priest? Are you really ready to do this shamanism uh, for these people, for 27 people? And so like I was struggling and fighting myself to get this object to the altar space. And I had to blast through my own subconscious. It was like there was a vault in my mind and I had to break into that vault and get that object out of my mind. So it was just such a wild experience. And then be able to transition that to midsummer where it was like, I was finally, I felt worthy of it. Um, I think me and Casey went out for, I think it was like half an hour, I think before the ritual. Um, and we just had the drum there and we were just going around the fire, making noises, dancing and getting ourselves into that mindset. So my question to Babushka, who was your first gathering, and Baker, who was your second, and you saw me at the first one, did you notice a difference between how I performed it at the first one to the second one? And how was that experience for you within like the Midsummer Ritual? The, the Midsummer Gathering compared to how we did Ostara, which Ostara in itself, I don't I don't think no matter how, how, how many years I stay in this faith or how many, you know, how, if I live to be 80 or 90 years old, I don't think I'll go through another experience like I did that night just because it was so, I don't, I, I, it's hard to really even put words into it. It was, it was just something else, but I think that's a, that's a story for another day. I feel like, um, but as far as like the way that you, uh, the way that you were and everything like that, it was like a complete it's like it was already at 10, but then you turned it all the way up to like 50 or 60. You know what I mean? Um, just that the way that you got that sound to come out. I mean, it didn't, it wasn't coming from here or nothing like that. It was coming from in deep. And I don't know how the hell you were able to talk afterwards, <laughs> to be completely honest. But it was a completely different type of energy. It was super primal. And I feel like that was the big thing with Midsummer was everything was primal as it could possibly be. Um, I don't know if that's how everybody felt, but that's how it was, how I felt with it. But I was also the dude carrying around a, you know, a decayed deer skull with me. So, you know. I, I know at Midsummer, that ritual was, I think, one of the most eye-opening things that I've experienced. And like Caleb, I don't know how you were able to even function after that. Because like, you know, the mindset, because I put myself in a trance before the ritual with one, I think it was uh, Regan's drum that I was beating on in the, in the living room. And I would just sit there and put myself in a trance beforehand. The mindset that you put me in 
I don't think I would ever experience that mindset again, being that it was my first gathering and it was the first ritual that I had ever been a part of or seen. But I mean, I saw the Ostara video when it came out, but it's different seeing it and then being there and feeling it. And it's that it's kind of like the cracking the ribs open and see what's inside kind of thing. Yeah. I think, the thing I really like about, and I'm, I'm planning on making a video about like ritual wear and stuff like that. But to me, trance work is another level to get yourself into a mindset of spirituality. Because I think, you know, real life, you know, Babushka and Baker, you're the only two who have met me in real life. You know, we'll get there, Ian and Sherrod. We're two weeks away. Uh, but everyone that's met me, and even from doing this podcast, like, I'm just a dude. Like, I'm just a guy that plays video games and like, you know, enjoys going out to have a drink and have, you know, I do weird art stuff. Like, for the most part, that's who I am. So, but when I, that transition, that veil of going from just being that guy, that trance work, that ritual garb, like I'm working on my shaman mask right now, those things transition me like I'm no longer me. And that is the most important thing I can give is that and during those rituals, you know, I'm a beacon, I'm a gateway for the spirits and the gods to do whatever they want with me. And that way everyone can have a unique experience. Um, you know, they can see different things through what I do. Um, so I think that's to me what trance does for us. But I do want to move the conversation over to more meditation work. Uh, we talked on transfer a little bit. Um, so what is everyone's experience with, uh, with meditation? Uh, so my, my experience with meditation, I've done it. I've done it here and there over the years. Um, I think the very first big experience I had with any sort of form of meditation uh, was actually my first big experience with Wiccan. Uh, so for those, of, for those who don't know, like I'm a military, um, and when going through basic training, they offer a, a range of religious services. They offer a range of religious services, obviously the majority of them being Christian, uh, based faith, but a buddy of mine found out that they were doing a Wiccan service. It's like, all right, cool. Like I already kind of know what I'm getting myself into. I'm more full towards that anyways. So we went to this, the service that they offered and there wasn't that many people there. And one of the very first things that they, they did, that they worked on was meditation work. And if you, I want to say that is like my first big experience with it and where I actually felt something out of it, even though there, you know, there were other people that I didn't know there. Uh, and the person that was going through the meditative, like, workings with us that I didn't know it it definitely clicked relatively easily and I didn't really explore it again for probably a four-ish five years maybe after that and I would kind of start is honestly when I started getting back into more being Norse paganist and uh, paganism and not exploring other forms of paganism like once I set my roots down in one's form of it is when I kind of started to re-explore it again and start focusing on it a little bit more. Um, but for me, it's it's been relatively inconsistent, I would say, like not so much now because I'm definitely diving more into it, trying to find some answers to questions that I've been tied in with other people in the community that I'm trying to figure out. Um, so I'm trying to get more into it to see if I can find those answers. But for the most part, it was very intermediate things to kind of like focus and clear my mind kind of like what you were saying Babushka, to clear your mind and not 
have something bother you, you know, before going to bed or just to, to reset yourself in a sense. So the, uh, most of time whenever I do get the chance to actually work on some meditation, uh, odd time, whenever like my mother-in-law or something like that's got my daughter, uh, it seems like a lot of most time I end up going to those like guided meditation videos and stuff like that they've got on Facebook and they work for me. Um, and I really like how it, uh, it's, it's just trying to get yourself to where you're, you feel hundred percent fully at peace. I'm still working on being able to try to do it a lot myself. I can do it out in the woods. It's where I can kind of listen to nature, like the, uh, the birds and everything like that. And the wind, I can do it there, but inside of a house, it's odd. I don't know. I can't connect right. So I'm still working on being able to do that without the guided stuff. Um, but something I've actually discovered, and I guess it, to me, it feels like a meditative state just because of the, the way that I feel on the inside and like the, how clear my mind is and everything. But when I'm tattooing, especially tattooing myself, it's, uh, doing the hand poking. It is, it's very, it's real meditative to me anyways. I was working on this stuff on my ankles the other day and I was doing it for like a good four hours and it felt like an hour because I was just so into what I was doing. So sure. Uh, I know this is all relatively new to you, correct? Like you don't, you haven't really had much experience with meditation and, uh, and transport, correct? Yeah, I'm, the little I have done is meditation work, and it was like mostly from Eastern philosophy, like you said, with like Shintoism, Buddhism, and stuff like that. And I, I tried it when I was younger, like 13, and it really didn't connect with me then. But I'm slowly like learning and like trying to get more into it um, to see what it is and like how to do it. Like I, I can easily relax my mind and self as it is. And that's one problem for me is whenever I do relax myself, I tend to go to sleep. Like as, as those in the discord community knows, if, if I get comfortable or I get relaxed, I'm out. Bushka did the same thing at uh, midsummer. Every time he'd sit down in that chair, he'd pass out. There were so many times at midsummer where I would, I would, any, I, recliners were my biggest enemy at midsummer. In the living room, I sit in that recliner. You'd look over, I'm out. You go outside, and I'd sit in one of those like reclining like lawn chairs. I was out. Downstairs, whenever I was waiting to get tattooed by Baker, he looks over, I'm out. I wake up, it's five o'clock in the morning. Jacob's outside, just staring at the sun, all squinty eyed, like, hello. That sun at midsummer came up so early, dude. I don't know what it was like, cause like the my like my bedroom in there was like the corner, but it faced it uh, faced east. So like the moment the sun peaked, there was like rays in my eyeballs, and it was at like six oh five every morning. <laughs> like, <laughs> we didn't go to bed till like one or two. Oh man, oh it was rough. But I mean, the mornings were so beautiful out there. Um, so sure, one thing we've been talking about, and it seems like it's been coming up a lot, is your lack of dreams. So I wanted to talk about that a little bit because that kind of falls into this, like meditating before sleep or transport before sleep, like might be able to open those pathways to allow you to at least remember the dreams because, you know, we kind of talked about like, they're not wholly important, but it does seem to be something that like you've been kind of dealing with is like, you bring it up a lot. So like, yeah, just like talk about that a little bit. Well, for me, like whenever I go to sleep is, is black to black. Like I don't really remember a lot of my dreams and, um, like from talking to people in the community, they're like, yeah, they tell me to do meditation, trans work, or like there's some, find something that is blocking those dreams off. 
And I'm slowly making progress in that field, actually, because I did have a dream I remember uh, the night before last with Loki, like him doing manip- beating me over the head all week, and then a few members in the Discord crying because Loki hadn't been around them, and they're the Chaos kids, and they need their Chaos, man. And uh, so they're like, you know, just do what he wants you to do so we can have him back. So I did that, and I do remember that dream. I talked about it in the Discord. And then this morning I woke up, and I remember three things from the dream that I had last night. And I had the in- I had incense going and kind of like a shamanistic or like, you know, chanting music going when I went to sleep. So I am trying to, like, unlock my stuff in my dreams. It's, it's a work in progress, and I'm interested to see. I know you all talked about, like, having Casey put me in a trance, and I can't wait to experience that for the first time yeah see for me most of I guess my form of trance work definitely comes before um like I'll do the meditation or clear my mind or get into some sort of meditative or trance-like state before going to sleep and usually when I do have like I dream regularly but I don't always necessarily remember them, but the ones that I do are so extremely vivid. And like, I know I've been talking to quite a few people about them um, over the past couple of weeks now because they've been so direct and so vivid in what they're showing me. So for me, like, I feel like my like form, I guess, of trance work definitely falls more into dreams for sure. Um, because like what you were saying, Babushka, where you kind of focus on like a, a particular part of your body and you get that like TV static feeling, uh, I'll do like, I'll, I'll clear my mind. I'll do like a, a form of meditation before going to bed to clear everything out. And then when I lay down, I usually find this, I put myself in the same position and I almost kind of sleep, like lay on my back, not full like mummy style, but I'll have my hands over each other on like the center of my torso and I'll focus on a particular question or idea or something that has been bothering me, not necessarily bothering me, but something that I want to get answers from, right? And I'll get that like tingly sensation into my fingers and my hands. And usually whenever I get to a decent point in that, as long as I'm not interrupted, I will almost every time have a very vivid dream. And then it goes into, okay, now what did that dream mean? Or like, you know, like sometimes we have dreams that just don't mean anything, but there's been a few that I've had the last couple of weeks, three weeks-ish that have been consistently um, showing up with the same kind of premise. And a few other people that in the community have had very similar dreams or some individuals have had the same exact things in a dream. So it's, it's, it's interesting like how similar that kind of mindset is as far as like trans work and dream work, I would, I guess you could call it art to a certain degree, but that's definitely more of where I venture off into some interesting places to say the least. Yeah. I mean, I, I know in the future where you're going to have a whole, a whole episode on dream work and we're going to bring in Manda and all that stuff. Um, Cause it's definitely been something that's been popping up a lot lately in the discord, especially with uh, or, uh, Neona. Like she's been having like dreams about members of the community and like me just showing up to distill like wisdom. In fact, it's become more common that I hear people that are like, yeah, you showed up my dream and you just like told me to do something. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's been kind of wild, but dream work is definitely slightly tied to, um, you know, trans work and meditation. Uh, but to kind of bring it back to that, one thing I think that 
we have to think of, you know, I always try to put myself in the mindset of someone in like 400, you know, CE worshiping the old gods. Um, what was their life like? You know, it was more survival oriented. Obviously you're more concerned with how am I gonna feed myself? How am I gonna feed my family? Oh gosh, four of my children are now dead, but luckily I have 12. You know, you're, you're worried about, you know, shelter, food, water, and then maybe, you know, worried about the gods, you know, giving those things to you, worried about, you, you very often don't worry about, am I having a good day? Am I having a fun day? Uh, but also there was a lot less distractions. And that's something that I think is so, uh, so different about our modern age is we have so much that distracts us. Our smartphones are our greatest strength and our greatest weakness because in our air, like dead air time is awful because we don't have it anymore. We don't have time where we're not always looking at our phones. I feel like it's very universal that in this modern age that if you're sitting there, shoot, I'm sitting here waiting for an Overwatch match and I'm looking at my phone. I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this. And it's, it's just become such a natural thing with our dead time to look at our phones um, or to always have a screen on, to always have TV going, to show, have a TV show because it's so readily accessible. So our minds are so clouded um, with just crap. You know, our pathways are not clear. So I really do think that like meditation and trance work now are so much more important because without them in some form or factor or some varying degrees, it's so hard to connect to the gods. And I find that, you know, people that are having trouble feeling connected to the gods, um, it's because it's like, well, when's the last time you went into the woods and just didn't bring your phone or had your phone off and just breathed in nature to breathe that crisp air, to smell it, um, to just hear birds and not hear music. Um, and oftentimes they're like months, like go out and do it. That's how you get connected. Um, so I really do think that some form of meditation is so important to, to be able to, to clear your pathways out. I think uh, when it comes to meditation, meditation, like one of the older practices of meditations was from India from 3,500 to 5,000, 3,500 to 5,000 BCE. And I don't, I don't know what BCE stands for because I'm not well-versed, but they, (laughs) they, uh, what they did was, you know, even back then they didn't even close their eyes to meditate. They were so in tune with themselves that they would only close their, they would only, it's kind of like when you squint, you close your eyes halfway. They would do that and they would be able to put themselves into this odd, like, meditative trance. Not less of a trance, but more like just like, I think it's a more new level of awareness. Because to me, that's what meditation is. It unlocks kind of like a new level of awareness for you. And it lets you understand a bit more about your character. And what you can trans work is more like working on yourself, but meditation is more like taking care of yourself. If that makes sense. Mustache is beautiful, Jacob. You think I wouldn't put that in there. That's going to be in the podcast. Yeah. When I, when I'm getting really inquisitive, I like to curl it. Um, so one thing that, you know, I, you know, for people that don't know, but most people probably have heard me say it at least a dozen times, but I started with Buddhism and I transitioned into Norse paganism. And even still to this day, I still see a lot of like cross connections because even the idea of enlightenment seems to be something that is still prevalent in paganism. Um, and it's this idea of pursuit of knowledge, pursuit of more, understand, higher understanding of how the world works. Um, and I think, you know, meditation is obviously the, the way Buddhists have found and even Hindu have found for thousands of years that you reach this level of enlightenment, you reach this level of higher understanding. Um, and the reason I think that is important because there's so many answers that we don't have written sources for. Like Christianity is easy. I mean, people come into Christianity to, 
say, you know, I, I think I've even said this on the podcast, like you say, I love Jesus. And then you're a Christian, boom, done. There's no more work. Um, and so to me, meditation is a great way to dive deeper into this faith. Um, and so that's why I think it's so important to have that, um, even from the Buddhist trait and training that I have and the Buddhist uh, background, um, is that it, I don't even know if we want to call it enlightenment, but just higher understanding, um, of what we're doing. Um, you know, the nine worlds is a cool idea, but once you start really diving in you're like, okay, what are the nine worlds? And you start, you can even meditate on that. Oh, I'm going to meditate on the nine worlds and what those are to the cosmos. And as soon as you start diving deep, it's like, whoa, that's really cool. And, you know, I don't even necessarily call it enlightenment, but it's, it's just really cool to start understanding those things on a higher level. I know at midsummer, after putting myself into that state before the ritual, and then after the ritual, I didn't get so much as a, like a spiritual high as everybody else, because I kind of mentally prepared myself for the experience. But I went I remember grabbing my lawn chair. Everybody was around the fire or they went inside or they were on the porch, but I grabbed my lawn chair and I went to the edge of the yard and I placed it in front of a tree and I just kind of stood out and watched over that valley. And I remember when I was watching, this was one of the probably most eye-opening experiences I had, but I saw Yggdrasil for the first time. Like I was able to see it and feel it because when I was sitting there, you know, I have, it's pouring outside still. There's like rain all over my glasses. I can't see, but in between the raindrops of my glasses, I could see a tree. And it was one tree that looked different from all the other trees. It was the only tree I could keep my eyes on. And if I looked somewhere else, I'd always be drawn back to that tree. And I was focusing on the tree and I heard this weird sound. And I thought in my head, I heard, I need to look up. And I looked up and I saw a raven. It didn't start to the right and fly it was just there in the middle and i watched it fly past the tree line to the left and i know Norse path heard me say something about it because i turned around like oh did you guys see that it was so cool and north pass walked up and he goes oh i heard you say something about a raven and i was like yeah and that was proof to me that odin was watching us that night like he had his eyes on us and he was i would say he was really proud of what we did that night so I don't, we again, probably can make a whole video on this, but, and it's something that I don't fully understand um, and I'm trying to learn a bit more on, on I was I'm thinking maybe Ian, you might know more of, but like Sather and like Sather practices in like combination with trance, is it similar? Or like, if we don't know anything about it, like I don't, we won't put it in here, but I'm, I actually am curious, like if Sather has any, any ties with like the shamanistic practice. Uh, so I don't know too, too much. I have been starting to look a little bit more into that because of some similarities um i know it's mainly chris and i have been kind of diving down looking into that a little bit more kind of together just because of some things that we have experiencing together that are very tied in so yeah like i, I definitely want to do more research and more reading and self-exploration with that before definitely yeah, doing like really talking too much about it so yeah again i don't want to lead anybody down the wrong way as well but it there are similarities i'll say that i've just got a question real quick and that it's it's related as far as sh the shamanism goes and it, i mean if it doesn't fit in you can you know feel completely free to cut it out jacob um but do you uh, know anything about like like the sami uh shamanism or like their shamanic practices because they're like the they're like the native people of you know super northern scandinavia um, I didn't know if that was, if you knew anything on those, on that. Again, I want to be careful with what I say because I don't have like 
that's something that I haven't dove into a lot, but it seems like to me that Sather came from the Sami. Like mm. that there, a lot of shamanistic practices came from them because of their ties to Siberia and Siberia has a lot of, so the, the, the nomad aspect of the Siberian people and the ancient Siberian people transitioned over to the Sami people are definitely very similar to that. Um, and then them meeting with the Germanic people that were moving north, to me, it seems like that they brought Sather um, I don't know. Again, I don't know enough about the Sami people. It's something I want to dive into, but also we don't know a lot about the Sami people. Um, I know when I went, uh, when I saw Einar Selvig and Wardruna play at Red Rocks last year, he brought a Sami artist out there um, and she sang with him and she was like one of the, the most well-known Sami people like singers and all of her music sounded very shamanistic. And so that's the, really the connection I'm coming from is their music is very shamanistic based. Um, it reminded me more of Highland, lots of chanting, lots of drums, um, even more native. Like it sounded more Native American than anything else, which was wild. Um, so definitely something I want to dive more into. But to me, that, there does seem to be enough. There's some connection between the Sami, you know, shamanistic practices and Sather and them mixing with Germanic practices. Yeah. Main reason I wanted to ask is it seems like everything I've been looking at recently has tied me back in or drawn me back to it. So I'm not sure what I'm supposed to look for there or if I'm, what it is, but that's why I wanted to ask. Something keeps po pointing me back that way. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, uh, I wanna go down that rabbit hole with you. <laughs> well, uh, this is definitely you know, an interesting episode because it's something that I feel like I haven't talked about formally is like the idea of trans shamanistic work. You know, I've not made a full video about it. Um, and as I said at the beginning of this video, um, we don't know everything. We're still trying to learn ourselves. And I feel like this has been given, I feel like all of us are going to move from this conversation and look more deeply into it. And I hope that's what our listeners, you know, pull in from this as well is perhaps a, take a deeper dive. No, we're not experts, but we want to hopefully get you started on the path because I really do feel like this is something that can help you in our modern world, get connected to the old gods. All right. Well, um, Folks, we're going to go ahead and start concluding this episode here. I hope you um, learned a little bit from us. I hope you learned a little bit from our stories. Uh, we're still trying to learn. We're still exploring ourselves. Uh, but uh, Babushka, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for talking about your experiences and taking the time of your day uh, to join us here. So uh, real quick, uh, where can people find you? Where, where, are you, where are you talking? Where are you sharing your stories? Uh, really, the only form of social media I really have is just my pagan Instagram, at Northways99. And I just... I post like words of wisdom on there, kind of what's going on. I share a lot of the work, people from the Discord, and I like to, you know, promote a lot of Jacob stuff too because, you know, I don't feel like most of us wouldn't be here without our oh wise one, Jacob. And I just wanted to thank you for having me, and I appreciate it. No, it's so good. I'm so glad we got you on the show. Um, I'll definitely tag you in the uh, like the Instagram post and within the video as well, so people can find you. Um, but we are actually to give you a little bit of blueprint of our next couple of weeks here. So we are two weeks away from the gathering. So next week we are going to be uh, recording two episodes. Um, it looks like we'll bring in a guest. We're not quite sure, sure yet, but we'll be doing just a normal episode, but then we're going to record like our expectations for the gathering. And that will come out the following week while most of us are at the gathering. Um, so our expectations going into it. And then when we come back after we have our experience, we're going to be doing another episode like, Hey, how was it afterwards? Especially for Ian and Sherd for their first time. Um, but I can't believe we're getting so close to it. It seems like uh, just yesterday we were planning this thing. And it seems like just yesterday we started the Patreon and the Discord. Um, 
But just to give everyone a precursor, if this is your first time hearing about our gatherings and things like that, know that um, this one is definitely a planning gathering. A lot of people coming to it are leaving to go then make their own gatherings to have their own rituals, um, even a couple weeks after, um, after our gathering. So we're looking to have, uh, yeah, well, Texas just came out. You guys are having your gathering four weeks after ours. I know the Midwest is having one two weeks. Uh, the Eastern gathering is having right now. Um, and then Yule, we're going to have like four or five gatherings going on. So things are definitely blowing up, getting crazy. Um, I don't, it's all up to the people putting on these rituals, how they announce it. Um, we're definitely doing a lot of planning on the Wisdom of Odin Discord, which is available through Patreon. So if you do want to become part of the planning process and how we do everything, that is how you get a, part, uh, get a hold of us. Other than that, you know, as soon as we start having these gatherings, as soon as they start growing, I'm sure they'll start blasting them out on their social medias. And it's going to be up to them to, you know, get the people to come. Um, so bear with us. We're getting everything organized. But once again, if you want to become part of that planning process, you can find us at Patreon, uh, the Wisdom of Odin Patreon. Uh, $5 gets you into the Discord. So I hope you join us. Otherwise, we got so many crazy things coming. Gathering's almost here. Uh, oh, and we haven't mentioned in a while. If you do want to be on the Folk Podcast, please email us at thefolkpodcast at gmail.com. If you have any topics you want us to talk about, um, please email us there. If you want to be on the show, we're always looking for more guests. Uh, we're going to get more people on here every single week. So please email us the folk podcast at gmail.com, all lowercase. Check out the Wisdom of Odin YouTube. Check out everyone's social medias. Say hello. And until next time, until the hall. Stop! Stop. <laughs> ah, there we go! Stop.